Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. And now, our feature presentation. This is Focus Testing, a podcast where I and a guest talk about films, the cinema, if you will. Um, I've been trying to, every, every three months or so, I'll just tweet the same tweet, which is Krista, Kristen Cinema Sins, and mm-hmm. hope that someone will understand it and retweet it and it'll blow up, but it never has. Anyway. Um, where we talk about cinema and then we make up a movie based off of a random prompt that you give us. So please get that ready for later. But before that happens, I like to get to know my guest a little better. Now, Hunter. Yeah. That's who my guest is, Hunter. It's me. It's you. Um, It's me. How do you describe yourself? Uh, well, that's, wow, that's, well, what an open-ended introduction you got <laughs> me doing. I would say, um, to describe myself, I would say I'm, uh, I'm a pretty, um, I'm genuine, mm-hmm. I'm anxious, mm-hmm. um, and I am obsessive. Okay. Uh, so the things I love, I love them hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, any any little bit of interaction, any a little bit of a mutually positive interaction I get, um, my my heart and my brain and my soul go friends, um, which is how <laughs> I believe we've gotten to know each other. Uh, is just like you know, like likes and retweets and little small mm-hmm. little interactions in the mentions. Um, you bought and, a piece of uh, art I made, which was I did, staggering. which is sitting. Where is it? I I it's made like, a drawing of George Lucas as a penguin, and you did, and I loved it. So it made me laugh so hard. Good, I'm glad that I needed to buy it, and I bought it. And yep. I have been hunting for a frame. I cannot find a frame that like fits it. Good correctly. Good luck. You should get it laminated and then wear it like a little badge. Oh. You get, if you have a car that has like a, a fob, you should put it in the back of that. And so yeah. that unlocks your car. Uh-huh. I could um I could I could make a little badge and then just write like credentials at the top, really mm, big. Mm-hmm. Um and don't and then at the bottom, 
in like a finer pen, right? Don't worry. This is definitely official. Uh, and uh, it, it should, honestly, the thing is so good that it really should, um, it, it, it really should get me into anything I want to get into. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now what I do love about what just happened, and I think it is so indicative of who you are as a person and, and everything is like, Generally, when I say to a guest, uh, you know, what are you like? How would you describe their stuff? They're like, generally, I'm an actor or a comedian or oh. like this sort of thing. <laughs> and you are like, okay, so we're on a first date. And it was fantastic. And I'm like, that is who Hunter is. That's and, me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to phrase it a little bit differently, what do you do? And what is your relationship to movies and cinema? Because you're uh, a so big movie presence on my I am yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a movie obsessive I'm a movie watcher um I especially during the pandemic uh was got like fully made it a part of my identity but professionally uh I am an actor um uh and um a a a twitch streamer that spends so much time on the platform um and that is how Basically, those three things have occupied most of most of my pandemic. The acting a lot less than the other two, but um, you know, I, I like to still sort of tag that on as a as a as a what would you call it a credit an accreditation sure. of some yeah 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 that absolutely makes sense. I mean, I think all, all performing slowed to a halt and then has slowly been like chugging back. Weirdly, it was like the pandemic hit. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to upset anybody with the with the p word, but um, the pandemic hit, and then Poop. like, uh, yeah, I no. <laughs> I was like, I, was I said getting... it twice. I said I didn't want to worry anybody, and then I said it twice. Um, I no poop is a good word, and poop, poop is should a be great used word more often. Here's the um, thing about poop: the yeah? word, not the concept. No, it is onomatopoetic, and that is unfortunate. It's. It's on a well, it's onomatopoeic. It is a palindrome yep. and it uses only two letters and two specific letters, two unique letters, and four letters total to really tell you all you need to know about. <laughs> it's a perfect subject. word. It's a perfect word. We talked about poop for almost a full minute. Um, Hell yeah. But which during is the great. pandemic, during the poop pandemic, so during the pandemic, uh, yeah, I, I like got my first professional on like film gig and then like. Uh, got a couple commercials and then my friend called me out to LA to do his short film. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've gotten more on-screen work huh. since the pandemic than like anything else. Um, so I don't know, like mm -hmm. who, and I really thought for a moment, it was like, oh, this is it baby, but that's showbiz. Um, yeah. You get like four things. One of them is your friends, and then it just the well sort of dries up for a minute. Yeah, well, and then it'll come back, and then it'll go down, and it's like it's constantly yeah, you on know a seismograph. Um, I'll, I'll tweet at somebody big and important. I'll tweet at Kathleen Kennedy. I'll yeah. weaponize. I'll weaponize my what small <laughs> following I have. I'm sorry. And I'll say, I'll say, put me in an X-wing. And then they'll do it. And then I will, then I, then I'll be content. And I know people say that forever and ever and ever, but I'm going to use, I'm going to weaponize your following too. put the Hunter in an X-Wing. Idea. Hashtag put Hunter in an X-Wing. Number Hashtag one. Hunter in an X-Wing. Number two, the idea that number one, you would be able to reach whoever is running Kathleen Kennedy's account mm -hmm. at all. 
Yeah. Because there's got to be just a deluge of ads every day. And I'm, oh yeah. And the, and, and the worst ones, but that's my, that's my competitive edge, Tristan. Okay. Is that I'm nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. But then the second thing, the idea that her assistant would be like, Hey, this guy looks like he'd look good in a helmet. Do you want to, many? It, how many followers does he have? Uh, well, there are like three other people tweeting us about this guy. So like, yeah. maybe I think, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like, like a good, <laughs> good go to me. Yeah. He looks nice. He looks nice. He seems nice. He's the only one not calling for my head. So <laughs> yeah, he seems to be a positive force. Mm-hmm. Pun not intended, but was there. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. We, you know, we, we stumble into, as we said before the recording, the good stuff, baby. Mm-hmm. The, that good, good content. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what's your favorite movie? Goodness. Uh, this is a, a question I have grappled with my entire life. And I think it comes down to, um, uh, to probably, can I name four? Can I was going to like, say, what are your, what are your letterbox for? Letterbox yeah, D. So my letterbox you letterbox, for, did you say letterboxed or letterbox I, D? I say letterboxed. I boxed. say letterbox D yeah. and I don't know why. It's okay. You know, I think no, they've never come out and said, let's set the record straight. <laughs> sure. And so it's on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I will say. They've got to do that soon, or it's good, or it's gonna become a gif gif situation, mm, or a, a neft NFT situation. Yes, where like you need because the the creator of the gif came out way too late and was like, it's gif, you guys, and everybody. I I'm in the camp where I'm like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you don't get to decide. It. Yeah, yeah. Once you give it to us for this long, authorial intent out the window. Mm-hmm. Um. So your top four, your letterbox. I I think like what I would, what I would say for my letterboxed four, and this is me trying to be like a little of each. um, Mm -hmm. I would say uh, singing in the rain is the one I usually go to most often. Um, And then um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because I'm a Mm -hmm. Spielberg junkie. I would say Inside Lewin Davis, because that was the movie that kind of brought me back into like, oh, I'm like a film nerd now. Um, and then uh, just this last year, I watched Chungking Express for the first time, Wong Kar Wai's oh. Chungking Express, and it lit me aflame. Um, it's weird that a Star Wars movie is not in there, uh, but the, like those are the four that I'm like, if you, you want to know my taste in movies, mm-hmm. weird genre stuff, lots of color, uh, I, I either like lots of color or I want your palette to be like three colors and then um, uh, and just like yeah I don't know I don't know what that says about my taste yeah no I think that that, that seems congruent with your personality for sure mm-hmm. and I, I think I've only seen Singing in the Rain one time mm-hmm. and people bring that one up a lot and I'm like it must be good it's <laughs> is weirdly... it Carrie Fisher's mom in that yeah, Debbie Reynolds is in it, um, and she's phenomenal. It's like it's like a perfect trifecta of leads where you have Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, which you seem to me like you'd be a Donald O'Connor boy. Uh, I'm more of a Danny Kaye. Okay. Yeah. See, I am like a new, uh, I'm, I am a newcomer to the Danny Kaye filmography. Oh, he's but very fun. I love Danny Kaye. Court Jester. Mm-hmm. Um, A+. Plus. Is, 
lovely. Is he in Hans Christian Andersen? Do you he know? He is the titular Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. Great movie. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that that movie, I think I've, I've, I like comedy movies a lot. I'm a big comedy nerd. Um, but to this day, it's like I, for my money, the funniest movie ever made. And it's outrageous how funny that movie is. Uh, I'll have to check it out because again, yeah. like I saw it once. I can't remember precisely what happens in it. I know some of the numbers. Um, two side things that that made me think of. One, one time I couldn't remember the name of Paul Simon. And okay. I said, you know, you know, Carrie Fisher's ex-husband. Oh, <laughs> and people that's were like, kind of a deep pull for <laughs> yeah, Paul Simon. Uh, yeah. Like, you mean Paul Simon, famous yeah. person, Paul Simon? And I was like, yeah, yeah, her, her ex. Um, the, the second thing is if you want a movie, I don't know if you've seen it, mm -hmm. but that is very, very funny that people might not expect to be very, very funny is Hidden Fortress is the funniest the, film the the um the uh, uh, kurosawa movie yeah yeah it's the movie's so, excellent yeah it's so, so funny. funny and i wasn't expecting to, it to be funny and i watched it like two years ago and i was like this is funnier than any comedy that's come out in the last 10 years yeah well and also like not to i, I mean this is sort of like the movie talk but like yeah uh you know the comedy is I and I'm curious as to how you feel about this as a comedian, but like the comedy, the traditional comedy is kind of dead. Like we don't really get those mid-budget comedies as much anymore. I think the last thing I saw like that was like the Lovebirds, the Kumail Nanjiani. Oh sure, and, yeah, yeah. Was that Issa Rae movie? Mm -hmm. You nailed it. And so like I like those movies don't really get made anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like w there was that weird sort of hump where like a comedy was used to be something else. And then I think when we were growing up, it was like, here's the new studio comedy. There's no genre. It's a studio comedy, which kind of comes up in the nineties. And then like, and now it's like, you either have like the Judd Apatow sort of semi self-serious stuff. Um, or I don't know. It's like indie. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the, I forgot about the lovebirds, but I would also say that's still a genre because it is a murder mystery. So it's not that's just... Yeah, you're right. It is. It needed like... A, uh, a hook. Yeah. 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 It needs like some sort of spice to it. And I don't understand why. Game Night is a really funny comedy. Oh, Game Night's great. But Game Night's also, so good. It's also almost just... It's almost kind of a genre. Like there's like... It's almost a thriller. It's a crime of. thriller. Yeah. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think a lot of it, what comes down to it is number one, once they realize they can make a billion dollars with Marvel, everyone wants to make a billion dollars every movie, which is not sustainable. No. And also, I think we're getting into this, you know, not to get too deep in the weeds here, but there's this idea of post comedy. Have you heard this term? I have not heard the term post-comedy. Okay. No. Similar to like post-modernism and this sort of thing, um, post-comedy is like a great example would be the two emblematic ones are Nanette and also Inside because they yeah. are both comedy, but also not comedy because they talk about serious things. My friend Matt Stores brought up a great 
a better term for art, which is thesis comedy. You just have a theme for your show. Yeah. Whereas, which is, yeah, that's where everything's pointing now. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, right. Nanette, yeah, Nanette and inside, absolutely. Yeah. And and so I feel like with those with like stand-up has kind of gone that way. And then with with comedy films, I feel like it's it's hard to get butts in seats when it's just a comedy, when you can go to TikTok and YouTube and you're competing with all these things. So people are like, okay, well, what's the hook that will get asses in seats rather than like, well, the hook should be that it's incredibly funny. Yeah. You know, um, even like I saw Office Party a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly very, very funny. But the premise was very simple of like, you're planning an office party and it goes as badly as you could imagine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I kind of missed this. I really did. Like weird, yeah, low concept comedy. I mean, like, I think, I don't know when I became a comedy fan, but like, when I think of like comedy movies, there's that era of like the 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 mid aughts sort mm. of that's like um, forgetting Sarah Marshall, a movie that I think is a masterpiece, uh, and and I love you, man. Like that kind of section is like my sweet spot, and I wish I wish I wish that that stuff even existed anymore because I feel like that stuff super does not. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd think it'd be easy for Netflix to just pump a bunch of those out because the cost's like a million bucks, maybe. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think. Um, I'm glad to see that rom-coms are slowly coming back, though. They are. They are. Yeah, what was it on Netflix? Speaking of Netflix, the setup is great. People haven't seen the setup. The setup is excellent. Um, Um. yeah. What is it? Always is it always be my maybe? Is that the one? Yeah. That one's that's really another good. good one. Yeah. Yeah. So like when they do it, it's good. But it's just like there's this weird hesitancy because again, those aren't gonna make a billion dollars. They're gonna do well on streaming services or, you know, make a couple hundred thousand at, you know, whatever. Anyhow, this is like all very <laughs> like Yeah, this is all like, like yeah, people are coming for like an improv <laughs> comedy show about movies and we're like Digging in deep, baby. May I? This is inside baseball, Lewin Davis. That is okay. What I've decided to call. There it. we go. That's yeah. Good. We found that's it. That's what the episode's called. I like that. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So when did you? I like again. I like doing a bit of an interview because number one, it stretches. No, I love, this. I love um, this. What was the last movie you saw? What was the last movie I saw? Yeah. I sat down and I watched. Um, oh, Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo oh, del Toro. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I, I really loved it. I'm a big Guillermo del Toro sap. Um, <laughs> but um, I know, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. But like, just uh, I think he's wonderful. Um, just a real. I was, you know, I was complaining about how like comedy all has to be like genre specific now. But like, uh, I don't he's like such a genre junkie um and that movie is just like really luxury i love movies that like really don't worry too much and they just kind of do what they need to do in the time they need to do them um mm-hmm. and i a lot of my i think i i think raiders of the lost ark is that way some people think raiders is like not quick enough for them it's really? you know a two-hour movie um, and that's not what people like anymore, apparently. But like, I think 
nothing could be better paced. Like that, ex- it does exactly what it needs to in a set. Anyways, um, uh, Nightmare Alley, a very long movie, uh, mm. but um, I don't know, a movie that I, uh, I don't know where it's going to end up on my 2021 list, but I like it all. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. I, I hear you. I'm I'm a fan of a crisp not crisp ninety minute film. That yeah. is my sweet spot. I didn't realize. I guess Raiders is a bit long. I, I don't. It doesn't feel like that to me because it's so like ba 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 ba, and the editing is so good. Mm-hmm. Um. So I've never heard anyone complain that it's too long, except for me. Maybe- I think this is like a new thing that people mm. are you know like it, twitter bad takes and there's oh, like sure you know there's like a there's like a, a population of people uh and it's gonna sound like a straw man but like they show up on my feed so they must be showing up on other people's feeds um uh that are like yeah that stuff's overrated spielberg's overrated and i don't i truly don't understand um stuff like that i think yeah. just the new thing is like hey let's condense it uh, and sometimes those things feel choppy. I'm a fan of a 90 minute too. Mm-hmm. If I feel like something's really, really love, like luxuriating in itself, uh, I'm not super into it. But, um, and especially nowadays, I don't know why when I'm stuck at home, I want to watch a 90 minute movie more than ever. For sure. For sure. I mean, two things. One, I walk out of every movie and going, you know what? It was good, but you know what? And the person's like, yeah what Tristan it like, could have been shorter 20 minutes they could have taken yeah. 20 minutes out of it and I know exactly the 20 minutes I would have gotten uh-huh. rid of. and they're always like yeah okay fine like I watched the new Spider-Man and that was the first thing I was like it was really good but too long <laughs> um, yeah but I hear you I I mean there's been science on this of like people pay attention in 15 and 45 minute chunks right they that's the human attention span is designed to do that for whatever wow. reason yep so that's why you know in 90 minute films three acts 45 minutes bump up bump, bump, it changes every act and mm-hmm. then you're re-engaged and within those you have you know three little chunks and bump, bump, bump. so it's not surprising to, to hear that you um are drifting more towards 90 minute films specifically when you're at home alone because like you're not for it's not forced upon you does that make sense yeah 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 I'm, you're right. I'm way more likely, like if I lock myself in a dark room in a theater where mm-hmm. I know like I'm putting my phone away, I don't have my laptop, I don't have my video games, I don't have food around me that I can like sit down and watch something that's four hours long and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but like, yeah, when I'm at home and everything else is around me as a man with ADHD, severe ADHD, um, which is probably why the conversation is going this way. Um, fine. It's a podcast. I, it's not like, I'm not Terry Gross. Yeah, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, yeah, we're not locking it down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know that that I, I did not know that you've taught me something new today, Tristan. Well, that's what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a movie that you hate? Your least favorite movie. My least favorite movie. Yeah, a movie. Okay, let me put it in a more positive way. What yeah, is a yeah, yeah. film you never need to see again? Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good um, way to put it. I know that this is an easy target. I do know that it's an easy Ooh, target. Here we go. Um, but I, at the beginning of, was it before the pandemic? I don't know. I don't remember. Point is, I, uh, I really. Do not enjoy 
the Todd Phillips film Joker. Oh. Um, and I, I here's why that's my answer, because it is indicative of a thing in movies to me that is like this sort of um, self-serious, like stuff can't be for, this stuff's for babies and I don't want it to be for babies. You know, sure. this is like, this is a grown up movie where like, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of things to say about Spider-Man No Way Home, but like for all that movie's like weirdness, I think that's a movie that goes like, no, we get it. Like you want to see, you want to see Dr. Octopus on screen. Mm-hmm. And I do think that sometimes that movie pulls the punch a little bit where it's like, we get it. It's dorky. But like the, I think it's the thing that Marvel does right at its best. It is like, get, give me the colors. Just tell me that some, or, or even better, like Star Wars at its best. I keep going back to Star Wars because that's where my brain is all the time. But Star Wars at its best just tells you that something is a thing and you go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I buy that. Yeah. So you say dumb shit like, you know, uh, moisture farming or like mm-hmm. uh, the, my favorite section of that of not this week's episode but the last week's episode of Boba Fett is when they're uh, is when they're building the Naboo Starfighter and there's like all that tech chat yeah. that makes no sense to me. But I'm sitting there looking at it, salivating because I'm like, yeah, just say dumb shit to me <laughs> and like own it. It's fine. Like, this is a crazy sure. dude in clown makeup, which, mm-hmm. like, of course, t- has taken on new meaning in the culture because crazy people walk around in clown makeup and try to scare yeah. other people all the time. But, like, it's just, to, like, you don't need to work so hard to convince me to take your movie seriously. Just, like, believe what you're doing. Embrace what what the your source material. And, like say something important and i don't think that movie says anything important and i don't i i don't think that movie has much insight um and maybe i'm there you might be hearing this and going like i don't know it really spoke to me or maybe other people Mm -hmm. are but that like to i care a lot about mental health and i just i thought that movie was even if it does care about mental health to me that movie was working so hard to make me take it seriously i can agree with your point that it is a very like even like when Mark Marin was doing the press for it, he goes, No, this is a movie for adults. I got to be with Robert De Niro. He was there. Yeah, you Joaquin know. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's yeah. Anyway, um, so I get you there. You're not wrong. Um, two things. One, it does have one of the funniest moments in a, a film that's not a comedy that I th- I think about it like every other week. Oh my god, when, tell me when he's doing he's at the children's hospital and the gun falls out i think about that all. oh the and time. he's like isn't he like literally kicking it down the he, hallway like he kicks it out of his boot and then he almost literally goes like that it's so right. funny it's so funny it made me die in the theater um and what i will say regarding like the mental health aspects there's a lot of and this is your forte like i want to be clear i didn't even realize when i said it but like you do a lot of work on mental health and that's like your comedy angle and stuff so you already uh (laughs) i'm i'm like feeling the energy move through the screen and i'm like tristan's gonna make me watch joker again probably (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm into it what i i did enjoy about the film is at its core 
it is not about uh like a white man's revenge it is about how basically george bush doesn't care about black people it's about class sure. you know it's about like oh the government doesn't support working class people that have these issues and this is what happens when when people's needs are neglected and mm. and so by the end of it for me personally with someone who has a stick up their ass about you know coming from a working class background i was always on arthur's side i was like yeah no you should shoot whitey i don't know what to tell don't right. you know um internet government don't take that out of context please. <laughs> yeah, don't clip that specifically yeah uh, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have said that on the internet live but you know what i mean like it it's you know since it's about you know, class and a certain level of emotional labor and and that sort of thing i enjoyed it thematically um but i completely understand it, it was a very serious movie and and i think mm. you know and I, we must ask why so serious why so indeed. serious indeed. um very very well done i'm giving you a high five through the screen um <laughs> no uh i and you know i'll admit like you can everybody listening can probably tell i'm like a guy i love context and i like am mm. very into like watching the press stuff and uh and knowing why somebody's making this thing like why is that their next project stuff like that um and this is a, that was a movie where like the press tour the his rhetoric mm -hmm. on the press tour completely turned me off and it colored the movie in a way and so yeah. I think I'm, you know, uh, Tristan, if you would like to give for me to give Joker another shot, I would love to give Joker another shot. For it's you. up to you, buddy. You it's, know, it's about 20 minutes too long. And <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a good you know, movie. I'll say one thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I liked it. It's not for everybody. I get yeah. it. No worries. I just think the discourse surrounding it was so unnecessary as well. I was like, can we just log off? Go touch some grass. Or... This is how I feel about all discourse. Discourse is my least favorite word. Like discourse and content. Leave, please out put the them door. out of the room. I never <laughs> hear either of those two words again. Yeah, I just, oh my God. It was just awful. And I was like, and here's my hot take. You want to hear my really hot? I live for hot takes. Okay, this is roast percent. me. <laughs> not it's. <laughs> I'm not gonna roast you. Okay. But my hot take is this: Joker is a better film about mental health than Midsummer, and they were okay. both came out the same year, and they were pitted against each other because one was very like girl boss, and one was very oh we don't like white men right now in yeah. this climate, which I understand. I think if Joker were to come out now, the response would be completely different because we're not in Trump's America anymore. Mm -hmm. However, um, Midsummer opens with a fucking, what is her, Danny? Is that her character? Danny. Her yeah. sister has bipolar disorder and kills her family. Mm -hmm. That's the opening. And then by the end of it, Danny is also a murderer. So like, who also is kind of going through some sort of psychosis as well and i'm like it's, I, this worse actually <laughs> i think the word i love the ari aster's two films and i do love oh, midsummer for, oh it's a great movie it's a great movie and i actually think if we're talking about discourse and mm. i'm not the first person to say this this is not an original thought but um i was always sort of like why is everybody doing this Yas Queen thing? Oh, like, I don't sure. think that's what this movie is about. No, I no, no, don't no, no. think it is like her smile at the end is not 
empowering to me. It is genuinely horrifying that somebody yeah. could believe that any of this is okay. Yeah. And I like, uh, and you know, the language of horror is not one I speak innately, but like that to me, that movie is like about indoctrination. Mm -hmm. It is about um, how pain makes us susceptible to like certain levels of suggestion. Um, and it's I like, I think that is a movie about like mental and emotional abuse um, on the two sides of the aisle that like yeah. even people that tell you like, hey, we love you. We accept you. It's it's a more about folding you into the cloth of the thing, weaving you into the cloth of the thing than it is really about making because she's by the end of that, like she's not gonna be an individual anymore. No, no. She's she's part of this like weird collective emotional hive mind. Um which is represented by the massive amount of flowers that she is literally engulfed with. Yeah, like well, it's I mean, not subtle. <laughs> No, it's a movie about the power of empathy. Yeah. It is. And empathy empathy is a good thing, but I think the movie is literally saying like empathy is not the end all be it. Like just because mm. somebody is like, yes, we love you, we understand you, does not mean that you have your best interest at heart. Oh, um hundred percent. So yeah, no, I mean, like I completely understand that take. Uh, I certainly personally like Midsummer more than Joker, but I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I like them both about the same in as much as I've both seen them once and been like, okay. Okay. I get it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, you know, Hollywood is not great at, and, and as somebody who who for a while was an aspiring screenwriter of some mm -hmm. kind, um, Hollywood is not great at portraying mental illness in a way that is that oh, embraces no. its nuances. So- uh, Absolutely not. You know, there was that like trend in the in the '90s and 2000s where it was like this guy has schizophrenia. Yeah, and he's also a math genius. And, Check it yeah. out, and, Russell Crowe. You and remember him? He has yeah, uh huh. Uh, and the, uh, he has multiple multiple personality disorder. This is a real thing, everybody. Yeah, and be scared of these people. You know, mm -hmm. like that whole kind of thing is um, obviously exhausting. But uh, if, so I, I understand that as well. If you want my recommendation for the best film surrounding the concept of mental health disorders, it is John Cassavetti's Woman Under the Influence. I have never seen it, but I'm a giant. I'm like a, I'm such a, I don't want to use like a derogatory word, but I'm just an absolute horn dog a horn dog for john cassavetes <laughs> i am i love that man god um hot very good at acting and making movies so yeah. like i don't know what else you uh, yeah, that's all i'm ever looking from for someone else also so sweet with gina yeah like, perfect um it's it, for just so you know and everyone listening and watching knows you can watch the whole damn criterion version of woman under the influence on youtube for free Let's go. Oh yeah. man, that's going to be, that's, it's, that's, I'm, I'm loading that up this week. It's just up there. Um, I made a video essay about it and I'm, what, what's really great about it. And you use the word nuance and it is a very nuanced, like, because it takes place in the seventies, no one knows how to treat this thing. Mm -hmm. And I made a video essay kind of going, that's really interesting. And also like the fact that he's a working class guy, they don't like, they barely have any money to put her into an institution that might help her, mm -hmm. you know? And everyone 
uh, every once in a while I'll get a comment of like, yeah, but her husband's shitty. And I'm like, yeah, that yes, he is, but he also loves her, which is what subtlety is about. You right, know? right. It's how real, like going to what you're thinking. It's not the it's not black and white. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's uh that's been movie talk. <laughs> that's been media, the movie. media literacy, people. Yeah. Oh my god. I keep I found a free course online of media literacy and I keep reposting the link of like, hey y'all, just just so you know, you can just maybe read this. You um, can enroll for a six week course for free. Everybody's everybody's allowed their take on any and everything, but uh maybe maybe value an informed opinion. <laughs> makes me my head explode <laughs> and like i mean this with kindness in my heart but a lot of, of people who um are big fans of star wars and i am as well yeah like, I'm a, I enjoy we've had that. extensive discussions about seem to have no idea how like film and tv production works at all which is yeah. understandable you know why would they but then when they say stuff i'm like well no that's just not how i don't want to have to explain this to you that that's not the reason they're making this. Yeah, ch- yeah, yeah. And ugh, it it just frustrates me so much. But I will say, you mentioned Book of Boba Fett um, earlier. What I've noticed, and from the jump, I was like, this is so COVID compliant. Everyone's in a freaking mask. They're uh-huh. all six, and they're tr- you like if you look for it, it's really interesting. It's so obvious. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah, specifically with this last one, there's like. There was a shot, an insert shot, where one character puts her hand on someone's shoulder. And I was like, oh, they cut it, the shot here because that person was wearing a mask and they needed a close on this actor's face. Weird. Weird, mm-hmm. weird, weird, weird. Or usually that would be a wide. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. There's like a lot of, it's such a weird, <clears throat> I think it, it adds to the energy of the show, like that the show's, the show's felt a little stilted in ways and i think it's really because the blocking has had to be like you stand there do not look at this person in the face when you talk to them and nobody's gonna look at each other unless you're standing like so far away the only people you will be close to is robots like that's it like Um, literally that first episode it's him on a throne and then people 12 feet away all of whom are in monster masks yeah i'm assuming they have a like an n69 or whatever they are and the animatronics (laughs) is moving Mm -hmm. so the next segment on the show is movie trivia questions okay okay are you ready i'm ready, ready tristan okay so first movie trivia question Hunter, what is movie? What is movie? What uh, is movie? Movie is, um, oh man, this is good. Uh, you know what? To give like a colorful answer, I think movie is the marriage of um, all the great art forms. It is, uh, this is so sweaty and so just uh, pretentious, but it's like, the art of image and sound and um, and music and empathy. And then you make those things move and you put them together and it makes magic. Um, it happened all the way back when, uh, when Walt Disney put sound to, synchronized sound to Steamboat Willie uh, and it keeps happening and 
then I get to watch all people that I have formed parasocial relationships with do cool things on screen. And that's where we're at now. That is History a great answer. has led to this moment. <laughs> that is a great answer. Unfortunately, incorrect. Oh. Um, movie is way to make money. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> that's a, damn it. I should have known it. I'm joshing, but that was a really lovely answer. Um, it reminded movie is me. way to make money. Yeah, I it reminds me of like, you know, um, the way David Lynch got into filmmaking is he was making he was painting and a fly got stuck to the to the canvas with the paint and was moving the paint around. And he went, what if I made a moving painting? <laughs> oh, that's a movie. I'm going to try that, which is the weirdest way to go about it. It's also the most David Lynch yeah. shit of all time. Is there a shot in any I'm. Okay, so I have not taken the Lynch dive, and I know you're okay. a giant, a, a giant. Uh, <laughs> you have to Diane Keaton into it. <laughs> yeah, of, yes, of course. Um, he must have had a shot. Has he ever recreated that shot in any of his stuff? Because that seems like a very Lynchian thing to trap There's a fly. There's certainly bugs. There's certainly bugs in oh, this movie. Oh, David Lynch, love a bug. He love, he love a, bug. a bug. He love he love metamorphosis. <laughs> um. I don't Trigger think I've ever seen uh, that specifically, but there's like ants in Blue Velvet. There's a lot of ants on an ear in Blue Velvet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, can I tell you, I know something's wrong with my mind where I'm like, oh, Blue Velvet, what a beautiful, funny movie. <laughs> and everyone is like, no, what is wrong with you? I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sort of, I sort of have the opposite thing where like, have you seen Scorsese's After Hours? No, not yet. God, Tristan, you would love that movie. Um, that's like my number one suggestion walking away from today for you okay. is After Hours. But like I watch After Hours, which is a like a blatantly a comedy, like Cheech and Chong are in it. And I <laughs> watch that movie. It really, they're in it. Um, but like I watch that movie and I like cry because I'm like, aren't we all just lost, man? Aren't we all just lost in our own little Soho? Whatever, like, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's, so our brains are broken in different ways. Yeah, but also in the same way. Yes, yeah, Where we related have an inverse ways. response to what? <laughs> so um, the next trivia question. Who, out of the cast of Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. has the best hair? Oh, that's a good question. So I was obsessed with, um, I was obsessed with Aragorn when I was a kid. I was a, I was a big Lord of the Ring obsessive. obsessive. Um, my first AIM screen name was L O T R boy with an I twenty nine. Cute. Mine was Fool of a Took. So there we go. Oh, there. Hey, more. Yeah. Synthesis. Um. Uh. And Aragorn was my favorite character, but. His hair is a little wet and wispy. It it definitely looks gross. He's definitely eighty. You can yeah. tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's sweaty. Um, the the he's always yeah. His hair is always sweaty. Until uh, Return of the King, where he finally gets a blowout. He does get a blowout, and it's really nice there, but not consistently the best. No. Um, the hobbits all kind of have like. Pretty standard, like two thousands. Were you gonna say a Brooklyn lesbian mullet? Because that's what they have. It's kind of it, yeah. yeah. That's kind of it. 
Up until yeah. very recently, that is also what I was rocking. Yeah, okay, well, look. Yeah. Look, it's a look. Yeah, I like um, it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, that many people have it for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to, this is maybe not the answer that people would expect. Oh God, if you say Gollum, I'm going to. It's not call. Gollum. It's not okay. Gollum. That would have been a good bit. Um, you're, you're quicker on the bits than I am. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Sean Bean. I think he has the best hair in the trilogy. Yes. It looks, it looks well manicured. It sits on his head nicely. He's got a nice little swoop going on. Um, and it just really, uh, just excellent. He's only in one movie, but I think he takes it for me. Can I tell you why I think that might be the case? Yeah. He's the only one not in a wig. That's exactly. <laughs> well done. You spotted the real hair. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not Orlando Bloom. Oh, my um, God. The hair is, we love a Legolas, but the hair is bad. Baby. The hair is always bad. Yeah. Always has been, always will be. Oh, that was a very good answer. Thank you. Um, I, yeah. I had to process, I had to sort of walk through it, but. Yeah. But no, you got there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, what character was your first movie crush? <gasps> oh, that's a really good question. Um, I Thank wish you. that I knew the proper answer to that. In uh, I'm I'm sure there there are plenty that you could point to. Um, oh, you know what? No, I found it. I Yay. found it. And this is a real 90s kid thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Roxanne in a Goofy movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that TikTok going around of like someone like put the clip up and someone was just like, why did they do this to her? She is 12. She is so sexualized in that It sequence. is not like there is, yeah, nobody that age is shaped like that. No. Um, no. <laughs> the beauty, the, the beauty mark, yep. all of it was the just like, thick ass she has yeah it's really oh. just um it, it totally they i just don't i don't know why they do it because like jasmine's the same thing when mm. you kind in a way i understand it with jasmine because the disney princess has a certain has a certain uh Thing. I mean, they do sexualize Jasmine way more than any other Disney princess, y but like- Yes, yes, they do. I'm interested to see what the end of this fucking sentence is, Hunter. I, I just, the, Dis the Disney princess is like, they they always make them look a certain age. They, oh, they sure, say sure, like sure. they're 15, but they definitely look like they're, they're you know, 20. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, like the Jasmine thing is like, okay, well, I guess yeah. I, I guess I understand where they're, I don't understand where some of their thinking was, but I understand why she looks much yeah. older. She's 16 in the same way I'm what? 23. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say Roxanne is probably, uh -huh. the certainly if I trace it the first. I think that's so interesting as well because it is a cartoon, which I think mine was Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. Wow. Yeah, which is also a cartoon. Yeah. And so I think there is something like so much safer on having like a crush on a cartoon character when you're developing those feelings. Sure. As opposed to like, I remember the first time I was like, oh, that woman is very attractive. And it was Elaine from Seinfeld. And that explains my entire personality. Uh-huh. Um, so, but I do think a lot of people's first crushes are like cartoons, which I think is very 
a very specific our age kind I, of thing. Yeah, I do wonder how true that is of kids anymore. Mm. Um, I do know that like my first live action crush is is very easy. It's Hilary Duff and Lizzie McGuire. A plus. Um, and uh, how how you know how nice it is to have a to have a crush just like carry with you throughout your lifespan. Sure. <laughs> I'm. She's- I told myself I don't care if How I Met Your Father is bad. I don't care. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Good. I'm happy for you. I'm glad. Yeah. I wondered. I was like, who is this show for? And I'm glad it's for you. I... It's for me. They made it for me. <laughs> Just for you. Special baby boy gift. They said, Hunter, we know you love her. <laughs> Here's a vehicle. Did you watch Younger? I love Younger. Younger's great. The couple episodes I saw, I was like, this is actually very good. Yeah, there was like that era of like ABC Family shows that I watched that I was like, if I tell anybody <laughs> that I watch this, or they will think I'm gay. Like, yeah, which of course is not an issue anymore. But when you're 12 or 13 oh, yeah. or 14, in you know, and you don't know what's going on, 2007, mm-hmm. and like people were just bullying you on the bus for listening to a High School Musical on your iPod Shuffle too loud. Then <laughs> you not the shuffle. It was the little I the little clip. I did clip it to my belt. Oh, um, <laughs> I did it. Uh, I so, still you know, have my iPod Nano over there. So I, that's I all the time. Just one day when I have like George Lucas Skywalker Ranch money, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy like one of those old, the first iPod Nano that you could like scroll through. One moment. That was like, oh, he's gonna grab it, y'all. He's gonna grab it. Where is it? Oh, he's. I'm so excited. All right. I hope it's the color. I hope it's the color I want. I have this. I have yeah. this one. And mm-hmm. then I also have this one. Yes. You can yes. use them for about, I think, around 50 bucks on eBay. I I just, I don't even want to use it. I just want it as like a museum thing. Yeah, that's it's gonna nice sit. to have. It won't sit, It won't, and it will not sit in a beautiful glass case. It will sit in a box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it'll just be nice to know that it's sitting in storage. <laughs> next question Mm -hmm. how many slaps in the face would you take in order to be in an A24 movie again we're looking for a number here yeah we're looking for a number um I take I take uh how many I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante a little bit here Mm. Um, I'm going to say, let's give you a clean 45 in the face, 45 in the face, 50 seems like it's pushing it, but I will give you, I'll give you 15 more on the bottom. (laughs) On the butt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, so a 60 in total, but only Mm -hmm. 45 are on the face. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good. I gotta protect. If I'm gonna be in the movie, I gotta protect the goods. You do have to protect the face. That is true. Yeah. Now, are those in a row? Mm. Would you prefer a lump sum, some, or like once a year for the next thirty-five years? That's a good question. It are the slaps. This is Tristan. This is where I thrive. Bullshit <laughs> hypotheticals. Um, uh huh. What the 
Bullshit Hypotheticals is the name of my indie punk band. Oh, that's cute. Um, I like that. That's very fun. Um, uh, How hard are they slapping me? Is it like a full, like, you're going to fucking get it, dude? You know how hard Carrie slapped Oscar in Last Jedi? Oh, yeah. Full on slap that, Mm -hmm. that or harder. Okay, Div- uh, let's let's spread them out. I'll take them for the next <laughs> for the next sixty years of my life. That's okay. I mean. Okay. Um, why is Austin Powers so sexy? Uh, confidence. Okay. Absolutely. It's 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 confidence. I, maybe I don't need to elaborate. Uh, yeah. the, the, he owns it. He mm. knows the teeth are bad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he does. He does. He knows the teeth are bad, and he, he has decided that they are an asset. Um, we could all spin to learn that. <laughs> He's decided that they are an ass. <laughs> Very good phrasing. Yeah. Uh, what movie monster is your favorite? Oh, good question. Um, are we talking like classic Universal monsters? What or just movie, any movie what, monster? What movie monster mm. is your favorite? I'll give you an example. Mine are orcs from Lord of the Rings. I love yeah. those little guys. They're very fun. They're great. Uh, maybe this is maybe this is just uh, you know my demeanor and what I go to. But you said any movie monster, and the first uh, character I thought of was Sully from Monsters Inc. Oh, that's very nice. I you know he's big and cuddly, and I love characters that have like uh, a real a real rude demeanor. Mm-hmm. but um, are actually big softies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether they like to admit it or not. <clears throat> now. Oh. This is sexual. Okay. What yeah. character do you want to go down on the most? Um, Again, this is a character. Yeah, Envy Adams, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That... I don't know why I had that so fast, but it was I there. I mean, I think it was formative for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the pout. It's the pout and the eyes and... The um, outfit and the demeanor. And, it's yeah. Ju- yeah, it's just... Yeah, it, it really is. Again, it's the Austin Powers effect, baby. You are... <laughs> your cheese staring down the barrel going, you want this. And you mm-hmm. go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was I I'm I know her she's played by Allison Pill but what's the character's name the drummer uh oh oh what right? is her name <sighs> ah look I'm Allison Pill pilled um that's I fun. wow God Allison Pill yeah Scott. look it up Tristan I'm just gonna make look oh God noises up, in the look in the up. mic ding da 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 ding ding da da ding da da Kim 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 Pine, that Kim was Pine. out of everybody. It was like, yes. That makes Never, a lot of sense though. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, I, you like mean people and you should fix that psychologically. I'm like, I don't know if I want to. That, that movie, that's one of the, you know, every once in a while a movie comes along where you're like a little something for everybody in this. Oh movie, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, I think Lord of the Rings was an early one of those, you know, mm-hmm. um, a Pirates of the Caribbean. There's somebody in that for everybody. Yeah, you know, 100% um and mine it's davy jones no um i I, real talk though my my ex was like no i love davy jones and whatever his love like she's like that love story i'm like you're such a weirdo i i I get it though 
Yeah, I monstrous get it. Monstrous love so... stories. I, yep. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. No. But I wish more people would embrace that. Yeah, I love Shape of Water. It was great. It was weird. This is exactly. That's yeah, exactly yeah, I what love I was that she say. fucked the fish. I was like, if she doesn't fuck this fish, I'm going to leave. Live your truth. Live it. Fuck please. a fish. Yeah. So many people are embarrassed that that's an Oscar winner. And I think it's a, I think it's a win for weird idiots. I like idiots, if you will. Idiots, yeah. That which I am one of. Put me in the camp. <laughs> All right. Final question. Okay. What actor do mm-hmm. you want to go down on the most? As opposed to character. I know. As opposed to character. That's mm-hmm. Living or dead. <laughs> oh man, you just opened it up so much. Mm-hmm. Uh Let's, hmm, we're, uh, I'm, I'm pondering this a little too much, maybe. Um, I think, hold on, hold on, hang tight. Mm -hmm. Got to look something up earlier. I'm going to double check something right now. I'm, Um, I'm engaging with the chat for the first time after an hour. Um, oh, I love that. I'm asking for a prompt. Oh, that's great. Please see do. If they, see if they bite. And if they don't, we'll figure it out. Um, Which? Hey, stopped by and someone named Real Unique and Gabriel the Hermit. Yes. Uh, Rel, uh, and, uh and Gabe are, are friends of mine. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I should. Um, I mean, you do have the distinct disadvantage, Hunter, of not seeing the chat. That's at all. true. Well, I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, but oh. hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks for hearing me talk about this. I am going to say. Mm-hmm. Ooh. First person that comes to mind is Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that's uh, the only one I can pull. It's like a little bit of a deep cut. She just seems that, uh, you know, no, I don't want to elaborate on that because it might come off rude. <laughs> yeah. She seems approachable. She seems approachable. And um, yeah. We, yeah, you know, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I... want to come off like a, like a perv. Yeah. That's the thing. I... <laughs> that is, uh, trust me, as like a, as a horny comedian, like I am constantly like, what can I get away with saying? Cause like, that's, mm-hmm. this is why I have an alt Twitter, <laughs> like a ah. private account because I'm like, yeah. Cause I'm like, I need Garces Fwip to spit in my mouth. Yeah. And no one wants to hear <laughs> that from me. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but I get it. Look, I'm constantly, I'm the same. I'm, I am of that ilk, not a comedian, but um, certainly of that of that uh, d- uh, d- distinction, I suppose. I was trying to think of another of a better word for it, but um, the thesaurus in my brain is kind of on the other side of the room. Um, but uh, I am constantly trying to toe the line of like what mm-hmm. is acceptable. Mm-hmm. To, and I think most people around me, most people that follow me on Twitter, are sort of at the point now where they're like. Yeah, Hunter's gonna just kind of say his shit, but also, I think um, 
I don't, you know, I don't, I want to get hired still. Yeah. Uh, Being a front facing person is difficult sometimes. uh, I almost, you know, on Twitter today, there's a tweet in my drafts right now that calls Kylo Ren a horny king. And that's why he's so upset all the time. No, that is a sexually repressed boy. That is correct. Um, An emotionally repressed boy, but like, emotionally, the last Jedi is like, weird the, the the horniest blockbuster yeah of the last 10 years easy i think for sure i mean it's almost like ryan understood that adam is very hot in a way that jj could never fathom <laughs> he's hot and broken like you look at him and you're like you are a broken man yeah there is something so upsettingly broken about you <laughs> I have an added layer to this of like my mother follows me on Twitter and I've asked oh. her several times to stop following me on Twitter and she refuses to. And I don't want to soft block my mom because that sound like that seems mean. She also has my, she has notifications on my tweets. So if they went away all of a sudden, she would notice. And she I, would notice. She would notice. So I can't, like I had, I, <laughs> I had the tweet. I want Nebula to peg me with three frowny faces in my drafts yeah. for years. And I was like, ah, what? I'm never going to be able to express how horny I am for specifically aliens. Because yes. I have the same exact response to Ahsoka from Mandalorian, where I'm like, I need her to spit in my mouth. I need her yeah, to you be like, in charge. <laughs> it, there is something about a Twi'lek, I think. There's something uh, about the head tails, the face makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also always done up, you know. We're always... guys like you and I are burdened with like weird taste and energy, and it just doesn't <laughs> like what. Where is all of this? I use this this thing all the time, but it's like a what? What do I do with my hands thing? It's like where where do I put all of this mm. that I have? I can't become my a first crush was a cartoon character. What do you want me to do? Yeah, I can't. Who did this to me? <laughs> I learned it from watching you, okay? Yeah, exactly. I can't, I, I can't become a pornography producer. That's the thing, though. No, that's like, don't that's do that. Because that's the obvious reason. It's like, oh, I have all this horny, frustrated energy. Well, I'm going to make the porn, you know, make the porn you want to see in the world, as they say. Yeah, but comedian is good because, like, there's not every good comedian is horny. Oh, well, that's... Every bad comedian too, though. I would say every actors are the horniest, and then below that is comedian. I think. Sure. I guess every bad comedian is too, but I think. Oh man, I would love. We don't have to do this now, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna figure out what the distinction is between good and bad horny comedians. Because John Mulaney has a horny energy. He's great, but it's a different kind of horny energy than somebody like uh, Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) I just had to think about Larry the Cable Guy being horny, and now I want to end the call. Um, yeah, you can <laughs> look. We can end it here. <laughs> Having not improvised a movie once. That's our first pitch. Is yeah. horn is is uh, a okay, movie? So- it's like a Harold and Kumar esque. It's okay. it's the new starring vehicle okay. for Larry. Every, we're trying to we're trying to uncut gems, Larry the Cable Guy. We're kind of okay, so we're trying to uncut gems, Larry the Cable Guy. So he is it going to be okay? So what I think it should be is number one, he is very horny. He's somehow he is obviously in the American South where he comes from, mm-hmm. and so he is working as an electrician. Okay. 
and he is trying to okay is it like here's here's what i would like to ask are we yes. is this are we doing like a like a um like a this is this is larry now is it larry a character is it larry as a character or is it larry playing a character do you understand what i'm asking it's larry it's starring larry is the character okay yeah so it's like his comedy career is tanked the, the bit is that like he literally has to work as a cable guy because people were like oh that's very good like that's an electrician or a cable he really had to lean into that he's a cable guy and then also jim carrey plays another character that is his boss at the cable company oh here we go yeah and, a real throwback uh -huh. a little clever wink wink nudge nudge uh -huh. exactly and they're not doing well because nobody wants cable anymore and so that's kind of the background noise. But I feel like for horny Larry the Cable Guy, he's got to be like speed dating, right? He's trying to find the one, but he's also so horny that he keeps screwing up the relationships by, you know, screwing around, right? We're sort of, what we're doing mm. is, there's definitely a joke in here about how he calls himself a 40-year-old virgin. And mm. somebody's like, but Larry, you have kids. And he's like, yeah, but this is, that's what I feel like. He's just like throwing his arms around. You know what I mean? For like sure. there's definitely sort of a, sort of a thing in there. And this is, it's like, again, I say Harold and Kumar because those guys really just want to get to White Castle. This is like, this guy thinks, this version of Larry thinks that the only way he can bring purpose back to his life is if he has one euphoric night of rowdy love making. Got it. Okay, there is a, what is it called? Um, it's not transcendent, transic, transic sex. Tantric. Tan, thank you, tantric, tantric sex, like community that he is going to go learn the ways of. And he oh, has to oh. like go on a road trip. It's a road trip movie. With it's him a road trip. I love road trip movies. This is great. With him and Jim Carrey as cable people going mm. to try learn tantric sex from sting from sting yeah the this most is great okay. famous tantric sex haver so here's where we go that's true here's where we go here look we're in the meeting with the studio tristan i'm gonna mm. look them dead in the eye and go it's a little dumb and dumber it's a little well like what's the um it's a it's a little 40 year old virgin we're really gonna only and it's a little uncut gems it is mm -hmm. these two star personas and we're reclaiming them, but we are not steering away from the comedy. We are not, it is a, it is a true throwback comedy to the late nineties, early aughts. Mm -hmm. And they just need to, it's a little, it's a little road trip. I mean, like literally road trip or Euro trip. It's a throwback to that. Mm-hmm. It's a little planes, trains, and automobiles or due date. Mm -hmm. Very. There's a lot of these kinds of movies. There are. There's so many. I, you know, initially when you said Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. I thought what you were going to say is that it's like, it's like, uh, I thought you were trying to make, like, you know how like sometimes Christopher Lloyd shows up as Doc Brown, but they don't say he's Doc Brown. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought the Jim Carrey angle was, but I kind of love that, like, a Larry the Cable guy. <laughs> Jim Carrey two-hander. Yeah, yeah. Which is a sentence that has never been spoken in the English language. 
and it's just called Cable Guys, and it's like the Nice Guys poster. Cable Guys. Cable Guys. Fuck. And it's it's uh, so oh man. It's both a sequel and not. Um, and then at some point at a gas station, they do have to cross paths with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, the nice guys that are like working. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm so sorry. The tantric sex ring is actually some sort of drug cartel, and those two are investigating the thing. And so it's kind of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern situation. Yeah. Well, and they have they have to make like a it's like two dudes freshly out of the seventies in twenty twenty two. Sure. And no, and those guys are a little. Oh, yeah. they're from L.A. There's like yeah. a like it's like a throwaway. <laughs> yeah, they're from the West Coast. Don't worry about them. West Coast weirdos. Yeah, yeah, that's good for sure. Okay, so that I assume is going to be like the the third act twist. So the first chunk is like establishing that Larry's life sucks, but he just has to bust a nut. He just <laughs> he just has to get one off. Yeah. Yes. And so he and his horny friend, Jimothy Carey, go uh -huh. to the, to where should, where do you think the, the meeting should be held? The meeting is in the mount, it has to be in like the mountains of Montana. It like mountains has to be somewhere like serene. <laughs> it has to be serene and okay. sexy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. It's at, oh, you know what? I'm really writing, like, we're, we're together we are really writing, like, all of my ideas right now, I feel bad, because I'm sort of derailing something that you could make really austere, Tristan, but I'm really making it, like, one of those bad, oh, uh, now this celebrity shows up, like, it's a real, oh, sure. I'm really, I'm doing a real get him to the Greek right now, <laughs> but, like, the thing is that it's at, like, Kanye West's Oh. like home and recording studio in Montana. Yes, where he has or, like the church. Well, Kanye probably won't. What if, what if it's John Mayer's? <laughs> John Mayer goes to Montana too. So I kind of feel like it could be John Mayer's. And we'll get John Mayer more, more easily than we will get Kanye for this. For 100%. And I like that because I don't know much about John Mayer, but from my I understanding- don't. His also his horny, horny, but also like gentle demeanor from my understanding. Is that mm -hmm. correct? I think what I think John Mayer is like a horny asshole that kind of likes to play. Like I'm just a sweet soft boy that makes that makes love songs. Like I think okay. that's sort of been why he's and he's like actually kind of a kind of an asshole. OK, Um, I, I don't know. I like his music, but uh, it's I just he just kind of seems like the perfect guy that they show up and mm -hmm. like, oh, they sure. keep dropping. Like we're going to John Mayer's tantric. He does an ad for it. It's he's on the ad. I would, would it be good if it was a miscommunication? Like we're going to go see John Mayer where, you know, we're going and then it's another person that people get confused for John Mayer a lot. Or is that complicating it too much? Do you think? Like they show up and it's Josh Groban. Oh, that's pr that would be pretty good. That would be, pr you know what? And now I'm thinking like, actually there should be like more celebrities there. Oh, like yeah, there should a... be more recognizable people, mm -hmm. but it's like a really weird, like John Travolta has to be there. 
he has to be there. Um, I think Michael Douglas for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolute scumbum. If we can get Harrison Ford, we should. Just Mm -hmm. because the idea of him like smoking a joint and then just turning to Callista and going, this is going to be weird. Like I've, I've, we've never had any trouble. Have we? Why did you bring me to this? Doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, um, P. Diddy has P. Diddy? is he st- is he P. Diddy now? I ne- I can never track. P. Diddy. I always called him Mr. Combs. Um, Mr. Combs, Sean Combs, Sean. Yeah, Diddy yeah, Combs. yeah, yeah. Of course, Esquire. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's correct. I think um, Laura Linney should be. <laughs> Laura Linney is a good pull. <laughs> oh no my god! It's like, wait, what? And she's like, no, I'm very horny all the time. Yes, um, like somebody like um, somebody really austere. There has to be a joke about how somebody really austere missed the meeting. Um, um, Daniel, second Day-Lewis? time I've used the word austere, but it's like yeah, Olivia Coleman. Or... Uh, she's a bit of a fun gal. I would absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, I you know my mind drifts to like Daniel Day Lewis or. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. And then at the end, no, because like, I can't believe Daniel Day-Lewis isn't here. And then at the end of the movie, someone stands up and goes, no, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. And he pulls off some makeup. Oh. I've just been in character the whole time. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, not even that if we can get Daniel Day, that would be incredible. But maybe John Mayer is Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis. Okay, so we're going. So, oh, 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 this is what happens. This okay. is what happens. Okay. Oh, 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 oh we found it. Stop, we found it. Stop okay. the podcast. Stop the podcast. They run into the nice guys. They run yes, into the nice guys. It's played off as like a joke cameo, mm. right? That they're investigating some kind of terrible drug ring that, you know, and they do their little bit. They do their little Laurel and Hardy sort of mm. thing. And they're like, whoa, that was weird. And then like we go to the to the tantric sex ring. And the third act, the 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 like end mm-hmm. of the second act transition into the third act. So we have like this is a long movie. We gotta get on the road in the first 10 minutes. We, we gotta, gotta shave we 20 gotta minutes like, off of it for sure. We're, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Take those bad 20 minutes out of the first act. So they go, they're on the road for like the first half of the movie mm-hmm. at the midpoint we're at the we're at the tantric sex ring they take a couple want to call it a rally a rally tantric sex rally yeah. celebrity tantric sex rally um mm-hmm. and then like stuff starts to get uncovered larry mm-hmm. ends up as he's just looking for the turlet and then he stumbles <laughs> into the office of course the, the office, John Mayer's office. John Mayer's recording office. studio. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that it's not John Mayer. It is Daniel Day-Lewis. <gasps> and Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting. To become a drug, drug lord? To, to become a drug lord <laughs> in Montana. In Montana. And then Larry and his good friend Jim yeah. are like, what do we do? What do we do? And they're trying to figure out ways to take it down. 
and they get, they're like about to take it down. They get in a real spot. John, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis in John Mayer's body as played by John Mayer, like has them at gunpoint. And then the nice guys bust in, mm. bam. And it wasn't just a bit. It was a setup. It was a setup for a punchline and a plot resolution. And the oh. nice guys are like the surprise cameo stars of the third act. And they wrap it all up. That's um, great. I think, I I think we've got something there. Is there like so a too. set piece in the middle that we need? Do you think we do you think this is a good pitch package, or should we figure out a set piece? I think there has to be conflict in the middle of it where all of a sudden they stop getting along for some reason. As is, mm, you know, because yeah. the car car trips. If everyone's just like buddy buddy the whole car trip, like um, I feel like so the impotence of Larry going, I need to get laid is he's and the only way is to learn the tantric ways of sting yes i forgot that sting is there sting Sting it's the the rally the rally is like hosting sting ah ah. he's like the special guest yes so i think the the inciting incident for that is that he's recently divorced larry the cable guy is right Mm -hmm. so he's like okay well i didn't live it up in my 20s i got married right away i'm now whatever age larry the cable guy is and so i keep forgetting by the way that that's a character that that guy does like i'm yeah weird it's weird it's It's weird and then he did entire performances as that character it's a comedy persona that he also does entire it would be like if Borat was in Madagascar and not Sasha Barrett Cohen. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's so exactly. strange. But Larry's like, okay, I'm going to, I only got one shot left. I'm going to go whole hog. I'm going to bust a nut. There's slowly. like a one, there's like a one scene performance by his, uh, uh, where he's like having lunch with his adult daughter as exactly. played by Chloe Grace Moretz or something. Perfect. And she's oh. like, she's like, you just got to get laid, dad. And yep. there's like a terrible, she's like way too sexually free mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's disturbed by it and freaked out. And then he's like, you're right. I've got all this pent up energy. Yeah. She's like, yeah, dad, go do it. Cause that's a Chloe Grace Moretz character. That is absolutely that's what she true. does. She's way more adult than everybody else in the room. And it's kind of obnoxious. No yes. offense to Chloe Grace Moretz. She's I, just I'm sure precocious. she's lovely. She's, just she's very precocious. Absolutely. Even as an adult, she's precocious. Somehow she manages mm-hmm. it. But so I think in the middle of their road trip, they should realize that one of the reasons he got divorced is because Jim had an affair with his wife. Mm. And that's a big source of tension. And they have to have this big fight. And Or no, not an affair. Had sex with his wife after they were divorced. Because that's like a forgivable thing. Right. That's like a thing that like, it's not that bad. Yeah. The thing, the thing that my brain went to is like, maybe he, uh, he admits to Larry that like, oh, your wife came to me and I, I sort of was the one who said, maybe you should get a divorce. Mm -hmm. Like there's something like that. But I think a forgivable offense is the, is the right way to go. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be able to make up. Exactly. I think, (laughs) I think. I think the the scene is this. He says, you know, because they go, well, I haven't been laid in such and such. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, me, you know, me too. And Larry's like, that's a lie, Jim. You clearly smell of sex. You clearly just got laid. And he's like, yeah, I did. I had sex with um, Mary as played by Yvette Nicole Brown. And yeah, 
And then, you know, obviously we see the car and it screeches to a halt. And then it cuts to them on the side of the road, just like sitting next to each other. And they work it out somehow. And then, of course, then the bit is once they're back in the car on the road, Larry turns to him and goes, she never did that with me. And then it cuts to them getting to the yeah to the rally yeah that's good that's good there's a fun i think they're like on the side of the road there's a fun like he's slapping him with something that was in the car and jim's like you know doing the whole we get like the wide shot yeah or like chasing him down the road with like he like rips the steering wheel off or some shit oh that's it that's it that's it he rips the steering wheel off and he's like chasing with the steering wheel Uh and now they're stranded on the side of the road yes and forced to sort of come together like deal with each other but like they're they're still fighting when they get to the rally yes but the the reason they have to come together and the way they do is because they're both electricians they know how to hotwire the car yeah and there's a whole set piece where they're trying to drive the car without <laughs> like basically without a steering wheel yes of course they've taken yeah. two ropes the way you yeah. sometimes can do <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> yeah uh, oh. And it's ridiculous. And and your and your dad, when you go see the movie with your dad, he'll go, "I thought that was really funny. That is not at all how cars work." And you're like, "Okay, whatever, Dad." <laughs> oh, that's so good. And then, okay, so they bust they bust Daniel Day Lewis in the disguise of John Mayer. And then the last shot has to be them going, "Okay, let's go home." And then it just pans over, and there's still no steering. <laughs> they're still and they're like oh well and then we do like one of those like biopic finales where it's like freeze frame the freeze frames and the words yes yes um the american graffiti yeah mm -hmm. and you know larry uh larry (laughs) never did get laid again but he learned to love himself or some shit like that yeah um jim uh, and mary actually got married it says it's they do it says, Larry never did get laid again, but he learned to love himself. And it stays there for a second. And then we see two sets of of, um, of uh, quotation marks appear on love himself. <laughs> just slowly fade into view. Perfect. Um, uh, <laughs> all where Sarah McLachlan plays over it. Yeah, that's good. It has to be something really dumb. Yeah, that is, can I tell you? I would actually, I think I would enjoy how stupid this whole thing is. I and think, yeah, yeah. I think I would absolutely go nuts for it because I, I have a dirty, dirty secret, um, which is because of the podcast Till Death Do Us Blart, as I'm, I believe. Yeah, of course, right? yeah. I recently watched um, Paul Bart, Mall Cop 2 with the commentary from those guys on. Sure. And can I tell you, the movie is pretty funny, actually, though. <laughs> thing. That's... There, if you're like I, willing to go, this is dumb, it's not bad. I once watched the first Paul Blart on a on a car ride. We had, mm. you know, like we had um I don't know screen. why that's what we rented on the road <laughs> from a red box, but that's what we rented. There's a screen on the back, and we put it in and I watched it. And you know, there were times in my life that I have laughed pretty hard at a movie. Few of those times did I laugh harder. Then the line, and this is going to sound so embarrassing out of context. There is a line where he's th- he says, "Peanut butter fills the cracks of the heart," with like, <laughs> yes, he does. with like, he's so dejected. He's so earnest. Fills the cracks of the heart. 
It's so like, it is earnest. And I laughed so hard. Um, and it's just shit like that where you're like, I think if you just go like, I don't know what this guy is doing. I don't know why he makes these movies. Yeah. Can I tell you a couple of things? One, I yeah. think Kevin James is a very funny actor. King of Queens is really good. And his stand-up is really good. Yeah. I don't think he himself is like, I think it's just like kind of similar to a Sandler thing of like, yeah, we're making these movies to make some money and because they're mm -hmm. fun to make, which once you accept that, then, you know, I have no qualms with them. But I did go see Paul Blart first in theaters. Mm -hmm. The first now, one? The first one. Okay. And the reason was my professional skateboarder, Mike Vallely, was yeah. in it. And I was like, I love Mike. I you were a see skate kid. Yeah, I was. Okay. So much. One time I got bullied by Ryan Checkler, like very That's briefly. So fucking at, funny. Yeah. <laughs> of at, course at, you did. At the Louisville, Kentucky skate park. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this kid who's a pro now. His name's, he's not a kid. He's like, oh, he's like 24 or whatever. His name's Alec Margeris. Okay. And he's from my hometown of Rochester, Minnesota. And I used to, uh, see him skating all the time and everyone knew it was like no that kid like because he that, was doing shit yeah. when he was like 13 that like no one else is trying mm -hmm. and but one time i did beat him at skate and i hold that in my heart yes it's you because have i was to. like watch me do a 360 boneless one and he's like how the fuck are you doing that i'm like yeah the trick is i'm gonna do shit that you don't know how to do because it's dumb and i have to go first that's mm -hmm. it but that's yeah, how you win. That's how I win. This is how I win. This Again. is how I win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to go see it because of Mike Vallely. And that is the only reason. And Astounding. Honestly, had a decent time. My mom hated it, which is fine. But I was just astounded that there was a second one at all. Sometimes you just got to put it all to the side and say, like, I'm going to watch this for whatever it's worth. And mm -hmm. Um, you get some good viewing experience. Like those are the ones where I walk out and people are like, God, have you seen that movie? It's so bad. And I go, I don't know. I kind of loved it. I had fun, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know what else you expect. Yeah. What else were you expecting from Paul Blart Mall Cop? That's yeah. The thing of like, what, you, what, 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 what? We also grew up in the generation when Sandler was king of doing funny voice. Like he would show up in a movie and he'd just be like, have <laughs> And that was like the bit. Can I tell you? One of the ways I deal, my main way of dealing with hecklers when I'm doing stand-up is I go, here's a quick impression. This is Adam Sandler telling you to shut the hell up. And I go, shush, 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 shush. Don't talk right now. Oh, the same man. He's talking. Shush, 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 shush. Pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The We grew up with a lot of dumb comedies, like even like Talladega Nights and all that clump. Like I miss you know, going back to the beginning of this conversation of like post comedy, it's all become very weirdly cerebral and heady. Yeah. In a way. And on one side, and then Gen Z is coming in going doo doo pee pee poo poo. Like my brain has been rotted by the internet and nothing makes mm -hmm. sense. And people, but people are trying to cater to our generation be like, Oh, you have to have smart comedy. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't seem to understand. We also enjoy a fart. Like you... I just put a 42069 joke in a graphic that I'm using to promote my Twitch stream. Perfect. Like I just did it and I got approval from people. My, I was like, is this, <laughs> I typed it as a joke. I don't know if it should stay. And they were like, I don't know. I kind of like it, but and I'm like, all right, I guess. 
the beautiful thing is you can always say I was being ironic. Yes. If people criticize you're like, oh, I'm just being ironic about it. It's fine. That's and it something- is, there's a, there's a space between irony and, and I actually think this is funny. And yeah. that's where I, that's where I live. I think there is, it's a slow, like, because if you're doing a thing ironically, eventually you're just doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have to cop to that. And yeah. I think about that a lot in terms of like, the McElroy specifically, because they do a lot of dick and fart humor, a fair amount, but but kind of under the guise like they know better, but they still do also laugh at it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? They're having their cake and eating it too. And I'm like, they are. They bought two separate cakes and are taking taking different bites. But I, I and it's the smartest thing you can do. Smart and stupid at the same time is a perfect joke. Mm-hmm. I love this dumb, dumb, dumb movie we made. This moronic cinema. Who directs it? Who's the director on this? Can't be Apatow because he would do. We're not getting Apatow. No, no, no. I know exactly who we're going to. And I referenced a couple of his movies earlier. It's Nicholas Stoller. Ooh, Humst. Uh, Humst directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. Humst directed the Neighbors films, both good. I've, I've heard that. Yeah, and Neighbors is Ro- Seth Rogen. Yes, uh, with uh, Roseburn, Zac Efron. Efron. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Good movies. I think that dude knows how to, we, like, what we would do is we would show up, be like, Nick, we've got a killer idea for a movie. Yeah. It's really dumb. And he'd be like, I know how to make that actually funny. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Ugh. I think it's Nick Staller. Yeah. Perfect. Going back to your, like, peanut butter heals the cracks of the heart. I will sometimes out loud, I live alone and I'll just say this and I'll just go chicken chow lane. <laughs> and I, it does make me laugh. And so I fully understand. I fully understand, but. Tristan, uh, let me ask this. Sure, gonna, sure. If, if I can, If I can sort of introduce a new layer to this game that we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are both sort of uh, actors. We both work in, yeah. the, in the industry. Where would you put us in this film? It's in our, it's in our contract. It's in our contract. We pitched it. We want to be in it. Mm -hmm. We need like a scene and we don't have to be together. You can cast me in a separate capacity if you're casting you. We don't need to be like a duo, but like, give me like five. I get five good lines in this movie. I think. Hmm. I feel like okay this is a sidebar also they have to stop at a gas station that's clearly a convenience store from clerks um yes but why our brains are in the same place yeah exactly i'm trying to think of like where i in this story where i would put i think with you with your your current vibe your Mm -hmm. look i would have you be one of the people that is like the welcome wagon at the rally that's Mm. like a really woo woo type that's like, yeah. you're going to feel so much better after this whole experience yes. and this sort of thing. They're and like, I thought this was only for celebrities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I'm basically like, well, um, I'm like, I'm like a side piece. I'm like, you know, they brought me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm deeply involved with, you know, Meryl. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's something yeah. like that. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, 
Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It is. Da- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She and Maggie Smith, everything. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where you would be. I personally, being selfish, I want to be <laughs> the detective to whom the nice guys are answering once they like oh. find him. And I'm just clearly in a Columbo outfit. <laughs> Do yeah, you like, know, I did a whole Columbo riff while I was playing Fortnite on my stream the other day. Beautiful. So this is perfect. Yeah. And be like, listen, you did a great job, but I still don't understand what any of this sex thing is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's why uh, you're say- like, you, um, if we can't like in the edit, you mm-hmm. have to be in the movie. Right. So like yeah, yeah. in the edit, if that scene doesn't work at the end, like, you know, we're doing all the scenes or whatever. If, if we get too clean an ending, you're like over the credits scene. You're like the box on the <laughs> sure, side. Sure, sure. Going, <clears throat> I'm sorry. So you're telling me that that's Daniel Day-Lewis. He doesn't look a thing like him. And it's John Mayer in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, prove to us that you're John Mayer. And he's like playing music. Yep. And they're like, I don't get him, man. He's, yeah. Like you get uh, to have that whole riff. Exactly. Like, he's, he's playing so well. It has to be John Mayer. And he has drugs. I don't understand. So how is this a sex thing? Is it a cult? Is it not? I'm, listen, I just got one more question for you. Do you know how to make a shoe? Yes, of course I do. I knew it was you, Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. You pin him, that's it. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) That's it. That's perfect. And everybody, it's 2022. It's 22. (laughs) Maybe we don't get this made till 2025. But everybody's like, why are two dudes in their early 30s at this point doing Columbo? <laughs> that show's 50 years old. But it's really popular on the internet for sure. It is. It He's is. so iconic. I love we Peter do like We do like Arliss riffs and, you mm-hmm. know, all of that shit. Going back, way, way back, on A Woman Under the Influence stars mm-hmm. Gina Rollins and Peter Falk. So it is like top tier acting. Yeah. Some of the of best acting I've ever seen in my life. But I think we did it, Hunter. I think, I think we, we made a movie it. and I think we did a podcast. Thank you very much for coming on here. I enjoyed your company. And this is also, by the way, the first time we've talked, talked ever. And it went it, very well. It went, so, I was like, I will say, I was a little nervous because I was like, Tristan and I have like interacted only through text. We've never talked out loud. I, I listen to uh, Amateur Detective Club all the time. And like, oh, thank uh, you. Uh, you know, I, I am a supporter from afar, but like just we've we've never chatted and this was the best. I'd love to to do this more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I have a Randy Newman podcast, as I'm sure you well know. And I do should, know. You should pick out a song. And- I would love to do that. Yeah, great. Well, then I will see you then, I'm sure. Thank you, everyone who tuned in, consistently or not. I am now ending the stream. Good night. Stay safe. God bless.